The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Why is shame such a powerful emotion? How does it affect us mentally, physically, emotionally? I'm Nadia Davis. I'm a mom, author, attorney, and kundalini yoga teacher who has experienced public shaming that brought me to my knees. On this podcast, I'm going to tell you how I'm living the work taking shame out of the shadows. I'll give you real-life advice and skills to take away with you throughout your day. You'll hear from powerful guests who have overcome trauma and emerged stronger than ever. You too can ban the shame within and around you. Join me. You are not alone. Hi everyone, it's Nadia and welcome home. I don't want to overthink these podcasts, recordings, especially the ones when I'm alone and give an update, give an overview of moments where I've banned shame and basically the steps that I take to feel safe and calm in my own body with my own thoughts and emotions and that enables me to be more present, to have more joy in my life as a mother, as a professional, as a co-parent, And also as somebody who's not dating or in a relationship right now, it just so happens to be that way. And I know that the steps that I take, everyone can interpret, everyone can, can maneuver or, or switch around in their own way. And that is exactly what my kids are doing. What helps me to create a safe space where I can cry and be vulnerable and share and have unconditional acceptance and love within myself that I hope to share with another. What helps me is breath, sound, and a level of mindfulness where I can recognize when my mind is in survivalist mode, And what do I mean by that? I mean, our minds are like ego identity centered. And we believe we are these bodies and thoughts the vast majority of our life. Thank God I learned that we are much more than that. We are infinite beings, whole divine and complete, who happen to be carried in this body with these thoughts. And so when I can see, okay, I'm in this mind because it's helping me survive, Most of my thoughts are fear and judgment based. I can recognize those fears and judgments. And then instead, I can choose love. Love is recognizing them. Love is soul. Love is just that unconditional acceptance. And I do think that I'm at the point in life where it's enabling me 
to really offer and give unconditional love and presence, most of all to my kids, but also to others in my life because I'm able to recognize when they are in it. Now, nothing is perfect. Nothing. I fumble all the time. And so here I'm going to share on a weekly basis different stuff that has come up. This is marking the first almost month of the podcast, and I am like blown away by how everything has transpired. The book was released in late April, and it's what, five months out, and there's a podcast. I was invited by the Mind Body Spirit FM network. It's nothing I would have ever done on my own. They take care of the distribution. The company Book Buddy that did the audiobook is the one that does the sound engineering. And so everything uh, really just transformed organically. And I couldn't be more thankful to all of you who are here listening to be part of this, this phase of building a home within us. Last month, it seems that a lot of settling in occurred. There was a new schedule implemented uh, between my children's father and I with the little one schedule. And I now have overnights consecutively, and it has made such a significant difference. And somatically and just overall, especially kids, you know, they, they need time to adjust to the energies of the adult people raising them, to feeling stable and secure, and then to really like take it in their whole, their whole selves. And I really honestly feel like over the last summer, that happened with my children. And overall, their anxiety, their their behaviors, just their anxiety lowered, their behaviors improved. And that is what I want to focus on today. That, as well as the interviews with my oldest son, Diego, on the podcast, and where he shared his ways of increasing his mindfulness to watch for those thoughts that can lead into shame. Why do I want to focus on those two things? Because generationally, I believe, I'm so full of gratitude. I believe that those are two beautiful examples of what we should measure as generational progress. Why? We're in the midst of Latino Heritage Month. And of course, I think of my dad. My dad's amazing story is the entire longest chapter, the first chapter of Home is Within You, a memoir of recovery and redemption. And that is where I could start writing my own journey. It was to write my father's, another person's story, And it has such amazing, very interesting historical facts about that time in California, in the States, when there was segregation, discrimination. And my father's story, like so many others, 
stories of that time are so awe-inspiring. If you listen to the first episode, I give an overview of his story, and I explain how he, as well as my mom, my father, Wallace R. Davis, survived so much being orphaned, having no father present, being discriminated against, and more. He survived by using a grin and bear it mode. A grin and bear it mode of pick yourself up by your bootstraps, don't feel anything, don't show your emotions, and just keep going. Grin and bear it, I say, yes, today. But true progress is with a heck of a lot more self-care. Self-care through improved, increased mindfulness of all the ways that our mind uses a grin and bear it mode to create fears and self-judgments and judgments of others that can so easily turn into the all-encompassing feelings of shame as well as result in our shaming of other struggles. Grin and bear it. Grin and bear the pain. Grin and bear the to-do list, the workload, the emotional strife. Perhaps today it's somebody's separation from their kids. Perhaps it's their truth isn't recognized. Perhaps it's the daily living of really not being seen or known by another. Perhaps it's just the stresses of peers, of grades, like it sometimes is for my oldest son. Perhaps it's a child's confusion of why do mommy and daddy live in separate homes? Or what are they arguing about under the same roof? Or it's sheer joys. It's sheer joys and things that one wants to explore, yet feel so alone in their own little world in their head, which is okay. We wake up, we start another day, and we quote-unquote grin and bear it. The existence of being a soul in a body with a mind. I challenge all of us, me personally, in this Latino Heritage Month, to truly honor my father's legacy by continuing on a path that, yes, grins and bears it through triggers, psychological, chronic pain, or alcohol-related I will grin and bear it. But in the past, doing that alone got me in trouble. The middle of the book has so much a part of that story, a part of that phase of the story where there's a chapter titled, Dear Son, 
If you want to go quicker, go alone. If you want to go further, go together. That is smack in the middle of the book, and it's chapter 14. And I'm going to read a portion of the book that's right here, because at that time in my life, I had survived a lot in Grin and Barrett. Yet as we call in the program, self will run riot, that is what happened, but to an extreme. So many of us think we have to do life. We don't think that we are. We think that we're accepting a helping hand, or if we go to meetings, that's enough, or if we're in therapy, that's enough. But for me personally, in order to really surrender to a higher power, I really had to surrender to the help of other human beings in my life. The safe space for me to do that was a therapist, was my kundalini yoga inspirations. And that is where I started. Then I got a sponsor and I did the step work. But more and more, it probably took eight years for me to truly build strong, solid female friendships and male friendships. But there's only a handful that are really sacred to me where I feel on a moment's notice, I can pick up the phone and be however I am going to be. Whether I'm frazzled in a flashback, which hasn't happened in a very long time, whether I'm tempted to pick up a drink, which hasn't happened in a very long time, whether I'm in so much physical pain that I can't work, I know that in this body and mind, I can relate with another body and mind that gets it, that won't judge me. And I know that they feel the same. I'm going to read a part of the book that talks about how when we are in the system, not only is our mind tricking us into feeling we have to grin and bear it, but how all the messages on the outside, all the wreckage we need to clear up, the sentence duties, the classes one might need to take, all of that can trick our minds even that much more into feeling we cannot create a space of vulnerability within us and with others. I am not blaming the system entirely. I am merely saying we have to start within ourselves to create that safe space to then be able to advocate for those places outside us. Yes, someday, eventually, I do believe we will and we can have more trauma and addiction treatment facilities that allow parents to go with their children so that children aren't further traumatized by separation. I know boatloads of parents that know they need help and that are willing and committing to get the help they need. But the only reason that they don't is because 
they feel they would have to be separated from their children. We don't need such a vast social services system. We need a vast trauma and addiction treatment parent supported system. This is at a point in the book when I wish I knew I had the funds to go back with my children into treatment before the system forced me to go alone. That's brutal honesty, you guys. Okay. I am going to read page 330, okay? From the book, smack almost mm, towards the end, but not quite the end. There's so much more good stuff after this. Okay. No judge or social worker wants to hear, I'm in a depth of emotional, mental, and physical pain and need a way out. Please help me stop my mind from convincing me a drink is the only relief out there. They'd simply say, lock her up and take her children away, adding to the factory line of generational trauma, addiction, and shame. If you really want an answer to the question, why does she, he do that, then ask that person. Allow them to be vulnerable. Allow the truth to come out. But can you handle it? Probably not, because then you'd have to admit that those causing hurt to others need to be permitted the space, time, and place where they can be vulnerable and heal without fear of their children being taken away of the system's judgment and shaming. Don't tell me it isn't possible. It can be done. Then and only then can the cycle stop. I'm sick and tired of the system banishing vulnerability. When will they give a mother and her children, a father and her children, the opportunity to get, stay, and remain somewhere safely together and supported for as long as needed? When will judges and social workers say, I see you, I hear you, we're sorry we keep banging your head against the wall. Here's the support and help you need to get out of hell. Go with your children and you won't go to jail. And by the way, the man that hurt you is being punished instead. Why not provide daily coaching, counseling, a mentor for both child and parent? Daily workshops where sobriety is the requirement. I know it's insane to think this could happen, but we can't sentence mental illness and think that will cure it. If this sounds like pure blame, well, I include myself in it. I am pissed off at myself for all the unhealthy choices. I am pissed off that my children had to carry the toll. I am pissed off it took so long to find a place to heal. I failed the system time and time again. I admit it. But something about saying that doesn't feel right, too. Something about it ignores the underlying truth, the important space between stimuli and response. Whether it was the doctor's reckless actions ignored, carrying the pain of losing those I love alone, the shattering of my body by a big rig, the bad guy never prosecuted, the press's shaming and more, I responded to each with unhealthy choices. But what happened in the middle? What happened in my head, heart, and psyche? 
For many, like me, it's called all-consuming feelings of shame, fear, and resentment. What can be done to give those less power? Being able to discover a home within that keeps those mind-made emotions in check. But we can't get there unless we are allowed the journey. We can't force people to act okay, to be stamped okay, to be with loved ones. It forces going alone and quicker. It doesn't work. We have to go together through the middle so we can go further in the end. Dear son, please know whenever you are in pain, I am here to hold space for you to be vulnerable. Acknowledge your truth and find freedom through it. The wisdom is in the middle. You don't have to go alone quicker and act okay if you're not. Please go together, dear son, so you can go further and wholeheartedly in your truth. Love, Mom. That is on page 30, 330, and 331 in Home is Within You, available now anywhere books are sold, and on Amazon, the audiobook. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. The whole entire book narrated by me. Why did I read that part? Because that last letter to my sons was a hope and a wish that they knew they had have a safe place in me to be vulnerable no matter what. A couple weeks ago, my oldest son was not listening when it was time to get in the car to go to school. I asked several times for him to put his tablet down, and he would not. I simply explained, okay, you are making a choice with the statement that he would not get it back after school. I walked my one son down the stairs, the front entryway to my place, and I gave the other twin another warning. As we walked down, he was upset. He did something. I heard it. And then he came running down immediately, holding a shattered tablet in his hands, bowing his head down in tears, seeking a safe and warm place to show and share what he had just done with his feelings. 
I just held him. I held him. And I accepted it all. No punishment. No judgment. Just love. Right then and there, I knew that all the years of hard work, the feelings charts, the holding him in the past when he would get angry and try and hit or throw, those in the past, he had learned over the months that he could feel safe within himself enough to run to his mother without fear of being judged, of being punished for an unhealthy choice in how he managed his feelings. That was exactly what the letter that I wrote on page 331 to my sons was about. That, in my opinion, is progress. It is grin and bear it as my father inspired. Yes, but with a heck of a lot more self-care. A heck of a lot more non-self-judgment, non-shame that would cause fears to run to someone, let alone a parent, with a quote-unquote unhealthy choice. Maybe someday, maybe someday, my son will have adult problems and be able to run to another adult with an unhealthy way that maybe he managed the feelings around it and not, not have his own fears and judgments prevent him from reaching out for help. Hopefully, he will have attracted more people in his life that can provide that safe space. But most importantly, as the years will pass, he will hopefully have created a home within himself that is fortified to not harm himself in those moments because of his feelings, because of an unhealthy choice like I did in my own past, like my father did in his past. Lack of self-care in a grin and bear it mode caused him, my father, as well as I, to run to stand still in solely body and mind and to not do what my youngest son did, my youngest son run to another for help and support with an unhealthy choice. That is progress. 
that is honoring Latino Heritage Month. In addition, the first episodes after I give an overview of my story are with my oldest son, Diego. Diego is an astrophysicist student at Cal Poly Slow and 20 years old. And we really didn't have a script. We didn't have um, any kind of roadmap for what we were going to talk about. He has read the book in its entirety, and he was the most important person <laughs> whose opinion cared I cared about. And he has found his own way of creating mindfulness, of watching his own thoughts that he shares in those podcast discussions. And I really encourage you to go listen to them. He shares how he uses the scientific method. I wrote it down here. He uses the scientific method. And what he does is, he's an astrophysicist, right? So he uses the scientific method to first observe his feelings, observe his surroundings, observe what's going on. He used an example of, you know, nervousness going into the first day of a class in this quarter. Then to question what he's observing, what he's feeling. And then to like analyze the feelings, analyze it. And he says, you know, I am nervous to come to conclusions. I am nervous, but I am not a nervous person is the example he gave. And he also talks about diving in to what he says is our innate curiosity. We all have an innate curiosity. It's the gorgeous part of a survivalist mind. When we dive in to that curiosity, that awe, this is the soul speaking in my opinion. This is the part of us that is like the real core, innocent child in all of us, seeking truth, seeking authenticity, seeking connection, seeking joy. And Diego listens to that curiosity and feeds healthy habits like a um, set space simulator where he's creating galaxies. And in those times when he is doing these fun hobbies, it, it quiets his mind. It gives a separate space from studying and going to class that is kind of a middle ground, I believe, for him when he shares to just quiet the mind and be a better um scientific method uh, applicator. <laughs> so everyone can have their own way. Their own way, ultimately, of building mindfulness, of becoming aware of our survivalist mind and fears and judgments, and of getting into a space where we can choose love. Right in the middle we see the thoughts in our body 
right in the middle, we see the only truth, our soul. That is home. That is home. And I am so grateful today for everything happening. Book awards, an honorable mention in the International Latino Book Awards for nonfiction, only two of thousands. And Home is Within You being the recipient of the New York City Big Book New Nonfiction Award. Blown away. Chosen to be recognized in Who's Who America. All these things on the outside. Yeah, sure. There's progress professionally. Maybe there's progress, you know, looking at me in terms of it's not an arrest photo. (laughs) That's progress. But I believe true and the awards, that's progress, sure. But I believe true progress is preventing, helping my children to prevent letting their minds take over and creating a safe space within themselves so they can truly thrive in their element and not solely a grin and bear it mode. When we are centered in a home within, life isn't lived that way. Every challenge is seen as an opportunity to lift more layers. I have not had a fear of a trigger of heartache pain for the last recent months from a heartache a year ago. And I know why. I know why now. Because I dove in to all the layers that the universe was trying to teach me to own up to how I responded to heartache, to see. Little Nadia simply is seeking a space of love, a space to be vulnerable unconditionally within her, which she now has, yet perhaps unrealistically with another. I do not know if that is possible, and those themes will be explored in future podcasts, but right here, right now, with a home within me, I am a present mother I am a present co-parent, a present professional that one day does hope to allow myself love again. For now, I am a happy camper. I want to definitely share with all of you. Lastly, the audiobook is available on Amazon. Download the Mind Body Spirit app. It's free. But if you download it on your phone, you can leave me direct 
comments, messages, ideas, feedback about the podcast. That's how I can communicate directly with the audience. Thank you so much for being here. And welcome home. Also, let me know if it's okay that I call listeners homies, okay? It's an endearing term. See you again soon, and thank you again for being here. Bye. Of a flame that never dies. You are not alone. If you are dealing with shame and trauma, please reach out to me through my website, nadia-davis.com. You can get a free band shame tip sheet and find out about upcoming events. I'd love it if you picked up my book, Home is Within You, wherever books are sold. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend, leave a review, and make sure to follow me on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sending warm hugs. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.